Hi, I'm Austin. I'm Alex. And you're listening to One Last Breath, an autopsy of awful albums. Where we discuss controversial, bizarre, divisive, and downright abysmal albums. For today's episode, we'll be talking about the first, and only, so far at least, album by Kevin Federline titled Playing With Fire. Now, for those who don't know, Federline was a backup dancer for many artists including Michael Jackson, Justin Timberlake, Destiny's Child, among others. His claim to fame, or infamy rather, came after his marriage to Britney Spears in 2000... I put four on it, 2006. They were married for like, what, 20 minutes? Yeah, not, not long at all. Um, he had previously been engaged to actress Shar Jackson and had a second child on the way with her uh, after, or had a second child on the way with her and they split up right before their child's birth and Kevin and Brittany ended up marrying the same month of his birth. Wow. <laughs> this caused Federline to become public enemy number one and being perceived as a gold digger. Which, I mean, fair enough. Good for him. <laughs> good for him. Good for him. If I could gold dig... I'd be digging. Yeah, but I mean, you're already married to an actress who probably, I would assume, has more money than you. I feel like... Not as much money as Britney Spears. I mean, yeah, but... I don't know. In the middle of all the media scrutiny, Federline released Playing With Fire on Halloween of 2006. To promote the album, Federline appeared twice on WWE Raw, having beef with John Cena. (laughs) And you didn't tell me I could have watched this episode. I have... I have Peacock. I can watch those episodes. Fucking watch it. Out. Watch it. I don't know why why he had beef with Cena. I guess because they were both rappers. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was, I think was, that was when Cena was the rapper. Probably. Talking about a rapper. White boy rapper moment. <laughs> uh, and apparently, according to a wrestler, Wrestling Observer Newsletter, Federline was a hit backstage and easy to work with, and WWE actually was considering giving him a regular role. But that never came into fruition. So. It probably could have saved us. Saved us? Saved us from what? The possibility that he releases another album. <laughs> <laughs> uh, critical reception for the album was astronomically negative. It's actually the lowest rated album ever on Metacritic, setting at just a 15 out of 100. The second worst being Bloodhound Gang's Healthy Fine at 28 out of 100. Don't shut up the Bloodhound Gang. I mean, all I know is uh, The Bad Touch. You don't That's... know Pretty When You're Drunk? Pretty When I'm Drunk? No, I don't think so. But That's this... pretty good. I only know... That one song that I think came out in the 90s. We'll cover the Bloodhound Gang later. Yeah, we might. I, I feel like they'd pretty, be pretty interesting to listen to. But, I mean, if that's the second worst album on Metacritic, I would I would think it qualifies for the podcast. So. I would hope so. <laughs> but uh, every critic pretty much points out uh, that this is about playing with fire. Points out the contrived lyrics, the mediocre beats, generic flow, etc. Everything you would kind of expect them to have a complaint about. And in turn, there's really no reviews I could find that had anything quotable, like, worth including. Really? Like, yeah, I mean, it pretty much, like, every link to every review except for, like, two were broken links. Mm-hmm. And, I I mean, the two that were actually available really didn't say much. Like, or I think there was three available, and, like, pretty much all of them just gave a whole spiel about who Federline was and, like why he was a piece of shit, basically. And Wait, like, in this day and age, I barely knew who Federline was. I had forgotten about him until then. I had never heard his name until I... Well, I, I think I heard about this album before we were doing the podcast. Because, I, I mean, I'm just curious. I'm looking up, like, bad music and shit. I had apparently listened 
to a song off this album before we started this podcast. Really? It was in my, like, in stuff that I'd already, like, when I went to look at it, one of the ones already had the song listened to all the way through. What the fuck? Um, and it makes me wonder, I think my mom might have had this album. I mean, I really wouldn't be surprised. Because a lot of this, like, a lot of it seemed like, like, some of it was like, I remember this. I don't know why, but I remember this. I mean, I, I really wouldn't be surprised, honestly. I mean, it sold pretty well. And my mom was really big into the whole drama thing. Oh, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, and I think, um, one of the, I think it was, uh, what's the second song? America's Most Hated, the second track on the album. All the comments on YouTube were talking about, like, WWE and shit with it, and it led me to think that it might have been somebody's, like, entrance song for WWE? Maybe. Or something? The way people were talking about it? It could have been, maybe I heard it in a WWE game then? I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised. It, anything's possible. Honestly, I mean, if Hulk got an album, why wouldn't they play Kevin Federline? Sorry, K-Fed. K-Fed, especially if he appeared on WWE, but... K-Fed? K-Fabe? It just makes sense. K-Fabe, is that a wrestler? It's a wrestling term. I mean, it's like the, um... K-Fabe is like... They're pretend. Okay. Is their K-Fabe. Hmm. Is K-Fed K-Fabe? But yeah, entirely possible. I wouldn't be surprised if you've heard it before. As for me, I feel like... I mean, even you saying you're not really old enough to remember much about him, I mean, I'm definitely not. In 2006, I was seven, so I had no... Yeah, I only I only know about him because my mom was in her 20s. Yeah, I mean, my parents are ancient, so <laughs> they don't know shit about this. But, the duality uh, of man. The duality of man. But yeah, either way, um, but yeah, there was really nothing, like, all the reviews were just like, oh, this shit sucks, haha, fuck K-Fed. Like, there was really nothing I could really of note to include but uh so with that being said uh k-fed started a tour for the album in new york city but only around 300 tickets were sold for a 1500 cap venue i would buy tickets to go see k-fed yeah, i probably would well you probably would have done this uh tickets for a later show in chicago were given away for free oh i would have gone to that one for I, sure i would have took that I, i've been to free concerts give them to me by people i don't like <laughs> Oh, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> it was a free concert. It was, uh, uh, We Came As Romans? It was We Came As Romans, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I remember that. But the tour was ultimately canceled due to the lack of interest and the poor reception of the album. And just a little over the over a week after the album was released, Spears filed for divorce, bringing K-Fed's time in the spotlight to an end. And, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. Ever since then, he has had, like, some reality television uh, appearances. Normal, somewhere, normal shit for a guy like him. For a washed-up celebrity, yeah. Then there's been some drama with custody battles over his and Britney's kids. I mean, obviously, because she's gone through a lot. But Yeah, let's just, uh, I mean, let's just be happy that he didn't turn into an Andrew Tate. Yeah, we can be happy about that. But yeah, so any opening thoughts about the album? Um, my first listen, I liked it. I'm not gonna lie, I did too. I, um, I, I ended up getting some complaints, uh, through some six subsequent listens, yeah. but, I don't know, maybe it's just, like, looking at it with fresh eyes, like, we're not in 2006 anymore, mm -hmm. rap doesn't sound like this anymore. Yeah. So it didn't sound contrived and out overplayed for the most part. Yeah, I it, mean... It didn't sound fresh, like, it sounded old. Yeah, like, nothing... But, Nothing about this album is revolutionary, obviously. Um, 
But I mean, I feel like even with subsequent listens, I really like I'm I'm gonna spoil it. I'll give up, end up giving this a positive review. Yeah. Granted, not like overwhelming. Like I'm not gonna give it like a fucking nine out of ten or anything crazy. It's getting it's 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 gonna do pretty good in yeah. overall ranking. Yeah. Which, which I don't know what the hell that says about us. But <laughs> any listeners want to help us um, and send us the numbers that we gave every album so we can make a spreadsheet. <laughs> Yeah, that would be useful. That'd I mean, be nice. Um, I mean, really, all we gotta do is skip to the end of every episode. <laughs> yeah, I'm just lazy, and we have listeners. Yeah, true. Yeah, so listeners. So you guys wanna help us out. Um, I don't know, I'll give you a kiss on the mouth. Ooh. I'll give you a kiss on the hand. <laughs> Ooh, that's... See, those are some hard-to-come-by kisses. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, so... I mean, really, it's it's funny comparing this to every other rap album we've covered on the podcast. I would choose to listen to this out of any of the other ones. I'm not other rap albums we listen to is the Swan big, Songs, The Big, the big Day, Day Soldier Boy. I think that's it. A, a technically, Hulk rules. I guess. I guess yeah. that's kind of all over the place, but yeah, I would. I mean the songs I like off of The Big Day are definitely better than the songs I like the most on this album. Same with, like, the songs in, like, Swan Songs. Like, the songs that I know from Swan Songs are, like... Yeah, exactly. Soldier Boy, eh? For rap albums, because they were both released in 06. For rap albums released in 06, I honestly gotta give the edge to this album. I can't even lie. Sorry, Soldier. Because that album had, a. Uh... Crank That, and then, like, two other songs I enjoyed, and then the rest were just... Wait, you don't like Bay the Apes? Oh, God. I can't even remember the songs I picked as my favorites on that. I don't remember. But, but um, either way, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I was I was very surprised with how much I yeah. didn't hate this album. I was expecting this to be... I even, I was uh, I was talking with, with my wife, and, I, and um, she was like, so you're listening to Kevin Federline's album, how's that? I'm like, spoiler alert, it's not not that bad. She's like, I can no longer trust your opinion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because uh, I'm sure I'm sure they remember K-Fed more than we do. Yeah, a couple years older than me. Definitely yeah. remembers K-Fed. It was like, like I was like, Kevin Federline. He's like, Kevin Federline. Yeah, I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> he had an album? Yeah, so. Uh, well, yeah, so let's get into the intro of the album, which... Is intro. Yeah, it's pretty much... Kind of, have you ever heard No Vaseline by Ice Cube? No, I, I, it, I never got into Ice Cube. Well, it's a diss track towards uh, NWA in general, mostly Easy and Dr. Dre, because it's when they were having the feud. <clears throat> and the beginning of it is just, like, if I remember, I, I think it's kind of like this is with, um, like, different radio or, like, new snippets or people talking shit about the feud between them. Yeah. Talking shit about Ice Cube, and it's like... And it's like him saying, here's what they think about you. Here's what they think about you. Like, building up. And this kind of reminded me of that, because it's pretty much just the same thing. Like, yeah. just trying to drill into our minds, like, how he's the most hated man in America, apparently. It was, um, it was really funny. It's like the, uh, talking about when you were younger, Grandpa. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if he had, has grandkids now. Probably uh, not. Probably no, because his kids are probably... If they were born... I mean, he and, might. They are... All of his kids are probably old enough to have kids. Well, but... his kids with uh, Shar Jackson, I think, were born in, like... He had two kids with her, I think, in, like... One would two... have been in 06. Yeah, I think the other one was in, like, 04. So, I guess technically, but... Yeah, those kids are, like, probably teens. Yeah. Probably. Not, not likely. Yeah, not likely. Well, I hope when he does, if he does have grandkids, that they, uh... 
that, that they call them K-Fed. <laughs> yeah. And that they'll Papa hear, hear this album and they'll also wonder uh, about the story. What did it say? The stories from when you were young. The stories from when you were young, Grandpa, or yeah. something like that. Yeah, but either way, uh, with this intro playing, I was kind of expecting the worst because it's a pretty cringy intro. Yeah, I mean, like, as far as skits from this era goes, it's not the worst. Yeah, but it just was kind of, I felt like it was building up to... I don't even know why, and I was like, yeah. oh god, this is gonna completely um, just but be like, shit. Also, spoiler alert, there aren't any skits in this album as I assumed there would be. Yeah, there's only two. Because this was, like, this was near the end of the skit era, but, like, at mm. this point, still, if you had a skit, you had a lot of skits. Yeah, exactly. Because, yeah, what, exactly. College Dropout was two years before this, and it was, like, mm. what, set, like, five skits? Something like that, a lot. Even Late Registration had a few skits, too. And the Eminem show had, like, seven skits in it. Yeah, exactly, but... But yeah, so after that kind of cringy, try-hard intro, uh, we go into the first track, The World Is Mine, um, which, like we were saying, I, I kind of like it. <laughs> I thought it was a good album opener. Yeah, this isn't my favorite song on the album, but it's a pretty decent album opener, I would say. Um, the flow is super chill. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's really nice. Um, and he fe- it seems like he has a lot to actually say here. Yeah. Which is cool. Um, I didn't listen hard enough to know what he was trying to say. <laughs> I mean, pretty much all the lyrics on the album either talk about, like, how he hates the media. How the media <clears throat> hates him. Yeah. How his, cool he is. Yeah, how much he loves drinking and smoking weed. And then, like, some of his relationship with Britney. <laughs> that's, that's pretty much the entire consistency of the album. But, yeah, I mean, uh, like you said, the flows pretty decent the like rhymes are decent his um his voice is decent like you know nothing is really stand out or notable but the only thing notable is like how bad the hook is i don't even remember the hook on the song it's because it's bad <laughs> it's not catchy it's like i remember a lot of the other hooks on the album but i don't remember this one yeah i don't even remember it but i know that i didn't like it <laughs> you didn't like it but yeah i mean Nothing really stands out as overly cringe. Like, even the lyrics are, like, again, nothing spectacular, but I was expecting, like, the cringiest rap I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, I was, this I was expecting, it. like, an unironic Froggy Fresh. Yeah, exactly. Something like that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, pretty decent opening track. Uh, I will say the beat is kind of boring on this song, especially compared to some of the later songs, because some of the fucking beats off this he album... He some crazy fucking beats yeah, on this album. like whoever, I think it was like... Bosco, I think, produced some of it, which he raps and sings on some songs, yeah. I think. He definitely raps, but I think he sings some of I think he sings on them. one of them, too. I think he sings on a couple of, a couple of them. And then uh, somebody else, like Jay... Jay something, I can't remember, he's this dude from South Africa that produced a bunch of, like, mid to late 2000s, like, crunk and club bangers, like, I think he did some shit, he did, like, Sean Kingston, Beautiful Girls, he did shit with, like, the fucking Cheetah Girls, like, a bunch of, he did a song with Linkin Park. What a guy. (laughs) He's done, like, a bunch of random shit, but he produced a lot of it, too, so, I mean, I'll give props to both of them, like, they did did a really good job producing this album. No matter what the critics say. Yeah, yeah, no matter what the media says about our boy K-Fed. But yeah, so uh, that goes into America's Most Hated. America's Most Hated? Um, in hindsight, Kevin got a big head. <laughs> Kevin got a big head? 
He just thinks so much of himself. Like he really does. At that point, yeah, he might have been America's most hated or whatever. And maybe, but I mean, I feel like that kind of that's kind of the par for two thousands, two thousand. I mean, I guess even now, honestly, just celebrities that are hated by the media, like they try to play they play out like, that persona. Yeah, that it's all they are is like a hated person. Yeah, so I completely get it. I mean. But yeah, I like think it, it works for the album. In hindsight, most people don't <clears throat> fucking remember Kevin Federline. Yeah, I mean, really, no, they don't. But, I mean, I can't even lie, though. I really, I fuck with this song. This oh, is one song. of my favorites on the album. I don't like the hook again. I like the hook on this one. I wasn't a fan of it. Hmm, I liked um, it on this one. But the beat is sick. Yeah, the beat's really good. Uh, it's still got the good flow. Mm-hmm, it has a really good piano uh, line throughout the beat that I really like. Uh and yeah, I mean, his rapping in this song especially, I feel some of the songs, I mean, obviously it'll draw comparisons to like Eminem, like standard white I mean, rappers. He's a white rapper, yeah. he's going to sound a little bit like Eminem. Yeah, especially since he, I don't know where he's from, I think California, but I feel like he's trying to give that like Detroit accent that Eminem has. Because the Detroit accent sounds hard when you're rapping. Yeah, it does, especially in like this uh, 2000s like sort of crunk. Yeah, exactly. So, but I think it works for the album. I mean, it's kind of, or the song in general, but the album in a whole, um, like it sounds like Diet Eminem, but I think it suffices for the song. Like it, yeah. I feel like it helps get a point, get his point across of his bad guy persona. So, yeah, yeah I really like really this track. That one. Uh, then we get Snap. Which is more chill than the first two tracks. It's a good snap and roll song. Yeah, I think I, it's decent. I, I caught myself snapping and rolling. Yeah, I mean, another really good beat, really catchy chorus. Um, uh, if I recall the verses on this song, I didn't think were as good as the first two songs. No, but the verses weren't great, but the, the hook is so catchy. Yeah, it is. But I mean, this this song is more... I feel like trying to be like a like, like you're a saying like a club, snap like club a, banger. Yeah, it's like a dance club banger. So less emphasis on the verses, more on Mason's the chorus. Mason's like a douchebag. What does? Everything. He's just like oh, just everything. <laughs> I don't even talk to the zeros. I just snap. I just snap, man. I just snap. <laughs> Every time I want to drink, man, I just snap. Yeah. It's like shut the fuck yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> Use your words, Kev. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, I mean, if I heard this out of. In the club or at a wedding or something, I wouldn't even bat an eye. Like, no, I'd be like, "Fuck you." Yeah. I mean, that really goes for most of this album. Like, if I were, like, if somebody put this on an ox at a party, if somebody, if this was at the club, somebody played this, most of these songs at their wedding, like, I wouldn't. Until someone says, "Oh, this is Kevin Federline," I'd be like, "Okay, who is this?" Yeah, exactly. I would have no like, no. I can't, I can't find the word I'm looking for, but I, I wouldn't bat an eye. I would just be yeah, like, just okay. Like, okay I mean, someone was just really, someone's still really into the early 2000s. Yeah, like, the mid 2000s. Yeah, like, it, it fits in with the era of rap for the most part. Uh, yeah, which, which again, is not, not expected. Like, I was expecting some of the worst shit I've ever heard. And yeah, but that <laughs> still, might be, critics might have hated it just because it's Kevin Federline. Honestly. And it, it doesn't do, the album doesn't right. do anything new. Yeah, which makes sense, but, uh, but either way, uh, we go to Lose Control, and the bass fucking goes absolutely crazy in this fucking song. Like, this beat goes hard as fuck. The beat feels kind of 90s in this one. Like, mm-hmm. late 90s beat. Okay. It feels a little bit out of place with the rest of the album, but not in a bad way. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the chorus is so catchy. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah, the piano. This, this song also has a piano line in the beat that I really like. Um... 
And yeah, that's that's really the biggest thing I got from this song. The verses in this one, just like with Snap, I feel like are a step down yeah, from the first two tracks. It's but, not a very memorable song other than the, the chorus and the beat. Yeah, but I mean, both of those things are enough to make it one of the better songs in the album, in my opinion. Like, this one goes fucking crazy. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Um, privilege. I fucking hate the chorus oh, in this You forgot song. Dance with the Pimp. I forgot Dance with the Pimp? Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. I forgot Dance with the Pimp. You didn't get anything for that? I did. I just fucking looked over oh. it. Because it's also short notes. I was like, oh no, what a travesty. <laughs> this, this is also a catchy chorus. Yeah, this is an, uh, yeah, catchy chorus. Um, I like the flows that both rappers have. Yeah, good fl- uh, flow, rhyme scheme, and wordplay, especially from KFED, I think. Cause... I, thought the, I thought the lyrically was a mess. Really? I didn't like it lyrically. Uh, the verses were pretty bad. Damn, I'm not even gonna lie. Like the first verse on this song is probably my favorite one on the entire okay. album. I thought okay. it kind of went hard. I mean, nothing like we said for a lot of the album. Nothing like amazing or groundbreaking. Like he's not doing some crazy flows or anything. But I think for specifically the first verse, like he has some really good rhyme schemes. Some like he switches up his flow a little bit. Um, and it, I don't know, it just stuck out yeah, for me. Yeah, I thought technically it was a good verse, but lyrically it just didn't, it didn't click with me. Okay. I mean, yeah, lyric, I would say the thing that I most was impressed was the flow with it. Like, yeah, lyri- technically lyrically it's, it's, a good, it's a good verse. Yeah, like lyrically it's in line with most of the rest of the album, but just the just the flow and everything stood out to me. I was like, man, this, he's kind of spitting right here, honestly. And I think it kind of put Bosco's verse to, to shame a little. I mean, not to shame, like his verse wasn't awful, but... He definitely outshined him on this song, which yeah, is surprising sense. because, I mean, I don't know who the fuck Bosco is, but I'm assuming he was an established rapper. I'm assuming he's uh, more more liked than Kev. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to assume that he had done something in the world of rap, whether he was actually a rapper or just a producer, I don't know, but for K-Fed to have just entered the rap game with this album, I think he outrapped him on this song, so yeah. I'm surprised. Uh, then we get to privilege. I fucking hate this chorus. Really? I fucking it doesn't make any fucking sense. <laughs> How do you pour a glass of privilege? I Shut mean, the fuck up. I mean, I'm assuming that that's a brand of like high end alcohol. Maybe that, that's what I was assuming. You know what? Let's find out. I didn't look it up, but I mean, yeah, when I saw the name of the track was privilege, I thought it was gonna be. I was like, oh god, he's gonna have a song about how he's privileged. <laughs> we don't really need a song to know that, K-Fed, but I'm assuming that's what it is. But uh, I can't find something called privilege alcohol. I mean, I might have. When I looked up privilege alcohol, oh, <coughs> oh no, okay, there is Hennessy privilege. Okay, that makes sense. Okay, I, I guess you can sing about drinking Hennessy, you fucking loser. <laughs> you fucking loser. But yeah, I'm assuming Bosco is the one that sings this. Again, I don't know, but... Yeah, it, it sounds like Bosco was singing it because the voice is the same as when he has the verse later in the song. Yeah, and it also sounds like fucking, which his singing voice sounds like a Nate Dog diet Nate Dog. Yeah, I <laughs> like the rap. I thought the beat was annoying too. Yeah, this one goes for more of a R and B feel than. And there's like that weird, those weird stings in it. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. Yeah, it's. I don't like it as much uh, as the rest of the beats, as most of the rest of the beats on the album, but I think it works for what it is. Like like I said, it's kind of the feel of the whole album up until this point. It was mostly like 
fast play, fast paced club bangers and shit like that. And this one is more of a laid back feel. Uh, and with the verses being sung, goes for more of an R and B feel. Yeah. So I, I think it, I think the beat kind of fits for the song, but it's not one of my favorites. I'm, then, a, I'm a big fan of the song. And then the song, I thought the best part was the chorus because I think one of the probably the weakest part of the song was the verses. Like. I like the verses and hated the chorus. Really? Yeah. Huh. We're okay. Just opposite here. Huh. Okay. Um, then we get into crazy. Yeah, which this one like, if this, which this one's featuring Britney Spears, the only person any normal person has heard of to feature on this album, <laughs> unless you're a Bosco fanatic for some reason. Um, like I, I feel like if this song was on a Spears solo album or featuring somebody else that had more fame or was more well-liked, this would have been a hit. I thought that Britney sounded really fucking annoying in the song. Really? She's so breathy. She's like, oh, I'm so crazy for you. I mean, is that not kind of how she... I mean, I'm I'm not going to lie and act like I'm... I know everything by her, but I've, I... She's usually not that breathy. I've heard at least, like, five or six songs by her that I know pretty well, and I... I grew up in love with Britney Spears. Mm-hmm. Fair she enough. usually sounds better than that. I don't know, like, this one gave me, with the beat, um, and I guess kind of the way she sung, it kind of reminded me of Toxic. Maybe, like, later, I guess, like, this era, I, I guess I'm more used to, like, <laughs> early Britney. Okay. Like, late 90s, early 2000s Britney. Like, maybe one more time. Yeah. And, um, oops, I did it again, shit like that. That's the Britney I like. Okay. Um, I I mean, the, but I thought the beat and the rap of this were both fucking annoying and nothing special. Really? Um, I think this is the, this is, I hate this song. Damn. I fucking hate this song. That's surprising. Which sucks, because it has Britney on it. Damn. Well, I, I feel the complete opposite. I mean, the verses are nothing to write home about, I'll give you that, but I don't think it's enough to drag the song down for me. Like, I really like the chorus, I like the beat, I like, um, like the synth and the beat. That's why it reminds me of Toxic, because you know how it's like, dun 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 It's kind of like that trippy type of synth effect on it yeah. like, that's present in this song as well i guess that's why it reminds me of toxic but i really liked it like i don't know i'll stand by my stand by what i said like if this had anybody else but k-fed on it or was just a britney solo song or something i, I think it would have been a hit like i really like this one i would have hated it as a hit <laughs> alternate universe for this chart of toxic didn't it <laughs> oh i'd be so mad <laughs> we'd be talking about britney spears's album toxic on it instead <laughs> Alternate universe. Where K-Fed was then toxic. Bruh. What the fuck could you imagine? Somebody needs to do that. Just take his verses from this song and put it in toxic. It would fit. I think it would, yeah. Yeah, because, like, I mean, he is a toxic person, apparently. Yeah, true. True. Well, I mean, not according to WWE. Oh, WWE. He was a pleasure to work with. Pleasure to work with. (laughs) So that brings us to A League of My Own. Um, This one, it has some decent parts, but it also, I feel like... For me, this is where, like, I guess this is kind of starting. And this is a little bit past the starting the back half of the album. But most of these last few songs are kind of where a lot of the cringe comes in for me. Yeah, I'm not a fan of Side B. Yeah. It seems to be, like, a running theme in this podcast where Side B isn't as good. Yeah, which, I mean, I guess kind of makes sense. You kind of want to load your hits into Side A to get people to listen. Especially if you're, I mean... Obviously, I don't think any of the artists we've covered or any of the albums we've covered have, like, 
I don't, I don't think any, any artist goes into making music, unless they're being ironic, knowing that it's going to suck. But, I mean, I guess they still have the awareness to know to load the front side with the hits, or maybe the record label, or whoever yeah. is like, well, maybe the record label's like, eh, this shit kind of is mid, so let's put everything Especially good on the like, first half. Uh, nobody like makes an album to try to to make it bad mm. um and especially because like we don't cover we haven't covered any concept albums yet really mm. well we did cover a concept album yeah but um in non-concept albums and like most of the music we cover is albums that aren't made to be listened to as a whole piece really yeah it makes sense to put all the hits in the front yeah exactly. as opposed to like albums where you're meant to listen to the whole album at once where you're a little more careful with how you lay the album out yeah My brother in Christ, what are you doing? <laughs> Paul really liked K-Fib. <laughs> um, oh, what was I going to say about that? But yeah, I mean, that's that's completely right, because, like, we've covered... Most of the shit we covered has been stuff that is more catered for the radio, I guess. So yeah, it does make sense that they would front-load it, because with albums where... It kind of, I mean, not even just concept albums, like, just shit where it's some of your best material, I guess. Like, you are going to be more strategic with placing it yeah. to make sure it flows and kind of kind of tells a story. But, yeah, I feel like... And this is more of a thing, I feel like that's more of a thing in concept albums, of course. It's more of a thing like, rock and emo. Yeah. Um, mostly Very true. Mostly like, the, the 90s onward. Yeah. And Anything then... earlier than that, like, albums were just a couple singles and whatever you could fill an album with. Hmm. I mean, kind of. I mean, I guess probably more for the pop realm of things. I think yeah. rock, rock ever since, like, Rubber Soul for the Beatles was kind of the one that yeah. kind of took that to where, where an you're going to try is, it. An album is a concept, like, it's an entire piece of art yeah. as opposed to a bunch of unrelated pieces of art thrown together. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, in the realm of, I mean, obviously not all rap and hip-hop or, or pop, but... Stuff that's more catered for the radio, such as, like, this era of 2000s hip-hop. Mm -hmm. Like, a lot of it was catered for that, so it definitely makes sense. You're just that trying to make as many hits as you can. Yeah, for sure. So, I guess it makes sense that we, neither of us, like, Side B as much for most of the things we covered, but especially this album, because, yeah, League of My Own, like, I don't know, it's, the core, uh, like, the chorus of it. I guess is probably my favorite part. I didn't like it at first because his voice is weirdly aggressive on the chorus compared to the verses because the verses are kind of more, I mean, not entirely chill, but just standard as what he's done for the whole album. But then when the chorus comes in, he's like, suddenly gets like this Eminem-esque, like aggressive, like yeah. throaty voice. And I was like, damn. Like, I thought the chorus was super uninspired. Yeah. Um, um, I like the beat. I can't remember the beat on this one. I just I know that lie. I liked it. Yeah. Um, beats aren't really, like, for me at least, beats aren't really memorable things for the most part. Unless I mean, it's something like, um, there's that one Snoop Dogg beat that's super memorable because he just says Snoop a lot. Fucking <laughs> drop it like it's hot. Yeah. <laughs> like, for the most part, the beat is just part of the process. It's not, it's not something that I remember later. Yeah, it depends for me. I mean, if it's, it's usually... Sometimes it's the first thing that'll stick in my mind for a song, uh, which for a lot of this, the ones that stuck out, it is that is the case, because for a lot of these songs, like, that's one of the best aspects of it. Um, but in general, for, like, actually 
good hip hop that I'll like actually, you know, not K-Fed hip hop. Um, it's not the first thing that sticks out for a lot of stuff, but like, as I get, as I memorize the song more, like I'll, there's definitely in my mind like beats that I can remember. So, not the first thing for me, but I think it definitely has a part in my enjoyment of a lot of hip hop. Yeah, it's crazy ass beats. After this, we get Playing With Fire, uh, the title track. And um, I don't like this song either. Yeah, I think verse-wise, it features some of his best bars on the album. Um, but the chorus is god-awful. <laughs> I thought the whole thing was just really fucking annoying. I mean, yeah, it is It is a pretty annoying song. I, I can't remember why I thought that's it was some of his best bars. I just, that's what I put down, so. <laughs> but apparently I thought that, but the thing I mostly remember is how fucking awful the chorus was, and then, again, like, nothing else is really memorable, but, except for the chorus, because it's literally just him saying, playing with fire, yeah, playing with fire, yeah. playing with fire, and yeah, playing with fire. And the beats on the way, I don't remember why, but I don't <laughs> This is an album where you realize how little we actually remember, which is why we take notes. Yeah, it's it's very hard for some things, but... I mean, when you have a week to listen to an album, it's pretty hard to remember everything about it. Mm-hmm, exactly. Which I only had two days to listen to yeah, this. Yeah, I, I listened to this in two days. I forgot, because we had that week off, and I was like, Yeah. Oh, it's okay, I'll get to it. Then I forgot, and I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, I was on vacation. Well, I was off of work for fucking 12 days on vacation for a week, and then... Had the weekend and Fourth of July and shit, so I didn't listen to it till two days ago on I Wednesday. Actually, I ended up finishing um, the back half of this album. So some, some of my notes were finished this morning while I was watching my mom's dogs. Yeah, I finished mine last night. I was I actually was typing up the script for this last night because I was like, yeah, I'll do it last minute since it's you it's know not gonna good. yeah it's not gonna be fucking long at all. And uh, yeah, I got the last album. So yeah, I only listened to this album three times, which I think, I, think I got three times. Yeah, which wouldn't work for some of the stuff we've covered. Some of it, I feel, has taken like five or six for some. So luckily, this was pretty easy to take notes, but yeah. in turn, there is... I think the least amount of listens to get notes was Attila, where I got most of my notes <laughs> listen. Yeah, yeah, but it was easy to get notes, but in turn, since, you know, a lot of it's nothing special, I guess, it... There's shit that I wrote down, and I'm like, I can't remember why I felt yeah, that way, uh, but I felt that other, way. Just like, was that last week where we did um, Streets in the Sky? Mm -hmm, yeah. Yeah, just like Streets in the Sky, it's a, it's a lot of it is samey. Mm -hmm, exactly. But that's that's more, I feel like that's more common in hip-hop. Yeah. Um, because I, you have more of a set-in-stone style in hip-hop, usually. At least per album. Yeah, that's true. And that's what she like. Good hip hop is good. Yeah, of course. No, I get what you mean. Cause with, with rock, uh, I guess it's. I mean, I guess being broad with rock that encompasses punk and metal and everything. Yeah, like you that. have you have four people trying to put their emotions and their feel right. Four or more people, yeah, usually, putting like at least three or more their the heart part. into the music. And like with rap, you have your beat maker who does everything. He does the beat by himself. And uh, for most albums, it's a single beat maker for the whole album. Mm -hmm. And then the rapper has their own style they're putting into it. So you really only have, like, the two influences. Yeah. Um, which makes albums more samey, which is not a bad thing. Yeah. It just makes it a little harder for us to get notes specifically and remember things from specific songs that we don't know super well. Yeah, especially if it's mostly mediocre to decent, like... Yeah. So... But yeah, I mean, I never really thought about that. Yeah, because, I mean, for... 
for rock as a broad compass encompassing like anything that can be dealt from rock like you could have a band that puts an album out that blends like two or three or more different genres within mm-hmm. rock or metal and make something completely unique whereas rap i mean it might be out there but i've never i mean even with like very innovative rappers like uh, I mean, I guess Kanye kind of does that. Yeah. Like, he, he can mix different genres. Um, I like, I guess, like, the most, the best of the best, but even even people like Eminem or uh, Kendrick, like, like, they're not, it's not like they're mixing, like, East Coast and West Coast and then, like, Crunk in the same album. Like, they're kind of sticking to Yeah, I'm sure they're mixing genres that we don't know very well together. Because, yeah. like... Very possible. Rap is not something, we didn't grow up on much rap. Yeah. Well, I mean, I grew up on, like, radio rap. Yeah. But we we do have a bias towards more rock-focused music. Because mm-hmm. that's what we listened to a lot of growing up, is rock and emo and shit like that. Yeah. So uh, don't hold it against us if we're just fucking missing something that's <laughs> that album, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Yeah, but the only the only rap artists that I can think of that, that have done that is, like, probably... Kanye and Outkast are like the only two I can think yeah. of that have really, maybe like a Tribe Called Quest. Now that I think about it, but... um, some of the like the more experimental hip hop groups, yeah. like Clipping and the Death Grips, do a lot. Yeah, of, like, yeah. Uh, all of their songs are very different because they're taking from so many. They're taking from every genre they can think of. Yeah. Uh, same with um, the best rapper alive. What the fuck is his name? Uh, Aesop. Oh, okay. Aesop Rock. I don't know if he's actually the best rapper alive, <laughs> but, like, he's the wordiest rapper, which I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, so, but, that's something to think about. I never really thought about that, but... Um, but yeah. all, all this to say, Play With Fire is uninspired <laughs> and bad. No, it mixes Southern Rock, Emo, uh, Crunkcore, uh... <laughs> but, yeah, even, sorry to keep rambling, but even, like, stuff that can be, uh subjectively considered shitty like i set my friends on fire even mixes like fucking eight different genres yeah yeah whereas this which is also subjectively shitty can is just kind of stays in one lane so yeah so either way all of that to get to um interlude oh yeah interlude. which is a boring skip that i don't remember anything from all I, re- I don't care. Yeah, all I remember is it's him talking on the phone to, I guess, one of his friends, and I couldn't hear it, understand anything the friend no, was saying because yeah, it was so muffled. So. It was, it's, <laughs> not only is it an unmemorable skit, it's a bad one. I, yeah, it really holds no purpose, because if I remember the end or the beginning of Playing With Fire maybe had him talking to somebody else on the phone, so I'm like, if you did that included in a track, why could you have not yeah. done the other one included in a track? Like, it was... Very unnecessary interlude, but it's pretty uh, pointless. goes um, to Caught Up, which... Is the point in the album where I got tired of listening to it. Yeah, I think this is by far my least favorite and the most boring song on the album for me. Like, I, I really did not like well, the song at I all. I mean, I think, it's a, I think it's a fine song, but it does nothing new. Really? It's just boring. Yeah, I, I don't know. I thought it was the worst song on the album. Uh, but... Luckily, it's the... Second or third to last, depending on if you include the hidden track or yeah. not. I'm glad you got that because I was like, yeah, I was sitting there like, why is there five minutes of silence? Yeah, I was like, oh, there's a fight. It's 2006. There's a hidden track. Yeah, the yeah, caught up. I mean, the chorus isn't catchy. The verses are some of the worst the album has to offer. The beat is boring. All, all makes for a pretty shitty song. 
Then we go to Kept On Talking, which is the... Well, technically the closing, closing track, track yeah. legally. Le- legally. <laughs> um, I think it's a good closing track. Yeah, I think it's a pretty funky beat, carries the song. Um, it does something new. What does it do? Uh, I mean, like, it's, he's more aggressive, which oh. is, like, pretty new. The beat sounds new. Mm-hmm. It doesn't sound like the rest of the album. Like, he could have just cut Caught Up, mm-hmm. and this album would have been ten times better. Okay. Yeah, um, for me, uh, nothing was majorly of note in it besides the beat, um, but it's alright, but definitely by this point of the album, especially, it's starting to wear out its welcome a little bit, yeah. which is good because it's the last song except for a hidden track okay, uh, <laughs> called so Middle Finger. Oh, it has a name. Yeah, I just Middle Finger. Track. Um, so this song starts off with like five minutes of silence, which I thought was weird. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Whenever I saw this, I was like looking at the because on the only way to listen to it on YouTube, it's not even uploaded as a full album. It's yeah, the track by track and, and a playlist is how I listen to it. And it came up, and I was like, a fucking over ten minute song. Yeah, I was like, like holy fuck! I was like, I'm not prepared for a fucking ten minute epic K Fed song. Like, what the fuck? And then it ended pretty normally, and I was like, okay, cool. I was like, I was playing a video game. My first listen, and I was like, okay, cool. Um, I thought, because sometimes YouTube does a thing when my phone's locked where it won't play the next yeah. the next video, so I like went to go hit play. I was like, oh, it's still playing. It's just quiet. Ah, <laughs> oh, fuck. This is from 2006. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Here we go again. Which, like, luckily we're in the age range where we remember hidden tracks like that. Yeah, uh, yeah Someone sure. younger than us would be like, oh, this is stupid. I'm turning this off now. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I remember, I think the first hidden track I was ever aware of was uh, All By Myself at the end of Dookie. Yeah, I yeah, remember. I remember uh, being startled by the hidden track from some MCR album. Fucking Danger Days. Yeah. Yeah, it start after uh, Vampire Money, the last song. It fucking, I, it's not that long of a silence. I think it might just be a minute or so. But then it starts absolutely fucking blaring the national anthem, <laughs> so fucking loud. Yeah. And it's like distorted, and it's it's like obviously like every fucking level of any volume, like, bass and everything is cranked to 10, and it's just, it sounds like it's coming through it's a like, it's like megaphone a deep, speaker. It's like a deep-fried meme before deep-fried memes. Yeah, like, it literally, it reminds me of a sound that would play on a fucking, uh, uh, what are they, what are those fucking internet horror videos called? Oh, the jump scares? No, the fucking, uh, not interactive horror, damn it, what, what are they fucking called, uh, where it's like the YouTube videos, where it's like, ARG. Oh, I'm in reality games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It reminds me of a song that would play on a fucking, like, ARG when it's... Yeah, like, like the creature. C- yeah, something like that. Um, yeah, just out of nowhere. I remember, the, uh, do you remember that one time when we were listening to the album, and I guess we hadn't listened to it in full, maybe, or hadn't listened to the CD yet, but we were in my room listening to it, and I think we were both asleep, like, I'd fall asleep we to were like, We were, like, falling asleep or were asleep or something. Probably after, like, a two-day binge of staying up and drinking, like, three monsters, which we used to do back in the day. Constantly. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I just remember, like, we were half asleep or something, and just all of a sudden it was like, dun 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 and we just fucking, <laughs> was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> But yeah, luckily this wasn't as jarring as that. Uh, honestly, thank God hidden tracks are a thing in the past. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, but yeah, uh, I feel like it's a... I don't really know why it was included as a middle track, because this is another good song, I thought. Um, I think it's nothing special, but like it's not bad. I mean, it definitely it has a 
pretty fucking crazy beat. Yeah. And has a really good energy. Like, I think this is the most aggressive and, like, you, like, I, I can feel him actually giving energy on this song. Yeah. Which um, can't be said for a lot of the rest of it. I feel like it wasn't worth sitting through five minutes of silence for. Yeah, definitely not. Um, but I think it's good. I mean, it's a pretty good song. I yeah. think the hook's a little immature. Yeah, I was gonna say the it's it's catchy, but it's pretty derivative. It's just him saying like middle fingers up because you really don't give a fuck or something. So, it's been done. That's been done like a whole lot. <laughs> it really wasn't necessary, but um, I think it's a decent way to close the album. I mean, shouldn't have been a bonus track but i think they should just he should have just gotten rid of caught up yeah and put either kept on talking there or this there yeah for sure um but yeah i'm, I'm glad it wasn't a a 10 minute closing track <laughs> oh my god i would not have been able to listen to a 10 minute epic by could, k-fed could you imagine if he just fucking put like a prog rock suite at the end of this album <laughs> no what if it was like what if it was like um logic's album not logic um j cole's album uh, 2014, whatever. Yeah, do you remember the closing track off of that? I do not. I listened to that album recently. The closing track is him just like, it's his thanks. Like, mm. instead of putting it in the liner notes, he's like, think, he was like thanking this person. He was like, just keep the beat running. I got, I got some more thanks to do. And it's like 10 minutes of him just thanking people. Huh. Um, which does that. He does that on a college dropout. Last call, or is it last call? I think it is. It's like fucking, it's over 10 minutes. It might be yeah, over like, 15. Like, it's, it, it became a big thing in rap yeah, for a couple people. Yeah, for that, like, he starts out with a few verses, I think, and then some, like, singing and stuff, and then, yeah, he just kind of is thinking, like, a shit ton of fucking people. Chance does it, kind of, with his call with his dad on the end of Acid Rap. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm glad that this didn't end with something like that either, because I don't, I don't know if I would have thanked. Thank yeah. you, WWE, for... Thank you, Mr. McMahon. <laughs> For whenever I recorded this, I probably hadn't even appeared, but thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's the album. Yeah. What are your favorite songs? Um, my favorite songs, Kept On Talking. Okay. Um, so I don't fucking write these down because I'm stupid. <laughs> because stupid. I, I just know I'm going to change my mind by the time we're done talking about them. Yeah, fair enough. So, um, definitely Kept On Talking... Probably Snap, honestly. Okay. And Lose Control. Okay. I like those songs. Mine are Dance with a Pimp is probably my overall favorite because I think it has my favorite verse and then the chorus and the beat are some of the best also in the album. So I think that has to be my overall favorite. And then I guess after that it would be... America's Most Hated, Lose Control, and Crazy are probably the four standouts for me. Then the rest is pretty mid, except for my three least favorites, which are Playing With Fire, Caught Up, and Privilege. My least favorite are Playing With Fire, Crazy, and Privilege. Okay, so almost the same. Yeah, <laughs> you just like a song that I hate. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, you got any lyrics? Because I have some worst, and then I actually have a few ones that I think were pretty good i just have a couple um one of them i thought was like pretty good it was really funny and the other one i was just like this is disgusting i wish you hadn't said this <laughs> um so the pretty good one is uh i'm coming out like janet titty at the super bowl from 
playing with fire. Yeah, I got that I, one. I thought that went kind of fucking hard. Yeah, when I when I heard that, I was like, oh shit! Like I I'm surprised that I've never heard. Like I feel like that's a pretty obvious like something Eminem would have done. Yeah, like I had to like rewind. Like did I hear that right? Yeah, exactly. I was like, I'm surprised I'm like another rapper never had that line because that was actually pretty clever, and also kind of. Ballsy, I feel like, because he was JT's backup dancer. So I feel yeah, like, yeah, pretty funny. But also feel bad for Janet Jackson because she kind of got blacklisted after that, even though it wasn't her fault. Her fucking fault. titty popped out. Uh, on the, the bright fuck? side, that did get us YouTube. Yeah, yeah, YouTube exists because Janet titty popped out. <laughs> hmm. Well, the duality of uh, accidental titty exposure. <laughs> yeah, you get YouTube, you get blacklisted. Mm. She's Janet Jackson. She had plenty of money. Yeah, yeah, very true. Um, what was your other line? Uh, she called me daddy, but she's not my daughter. Yeah. I just thought it was really gross. Yeah, I got uh, that like one. Like, you have children. Yeah. Very young children. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, I, I got that as one of my worst. That was off of privilege. Um, and then for my worst, I got, which I put this as my worst because I have no idea what the fuck it even means. K Federline, I snap like Mike Tyson. Oh, snap. Uh, Mike Tyson had anger issues. One yeah. of the times he went to prison because oh. he snapped and punched a bit. Bruh. Yeah, he wow. snapped like Mike Tyson. Yeah. yeah. You're seeing you're seeing above these bars. I'm playing three D chess. I was literally like thinking of actually like, snapping. You can't snap in a boxing glove. No, I literally I literally looked it up. I th I was like, is that because I mean I don't know shit about boxing. I was like, is that a boxing maneuver i was like what and i looked up snap mike tyson snap boxing and nothing came up and i was like i don't know what the fuck he's talking about <laughs> well i didn't read between the lines on that one um and then also got also from snap yeah i'm hotter than a pizza oven bar pretty bad bars bars and then uh from privilege i got fell in love with the herbs just like my wife <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, uh, that's that's the. Um, you think that's a line about Britney Spears playing herbs, the uh, the failed Sims spinoff. <laughs> the failed Sims spinoff. Yeah, there's a there's a game called Herbs, and it was Inner City Sims. Like <laughs> by EA. Yeah. I have never. I need to look that up after we're done. I, I just know there was a Game Boy game. That's that my racist. Really liked play. <laughs> Apparently, it's a good game. Huh. It's called Herbs. U R B Z. Oh, okay. I was thinking of like actually. Oh, like like herbs. Uh, yeah, like weed. Like that's like what he's referring. <laughs> that to. would be racist. Yeah, I was like, that sounds Loki very racist. What the fuck? Okay. No, herbs like urban. Okay, I need to look that up. I was like, damn. All right. Um, but yeah, that that was a good line. I was like, I guess K Fed's channeling his inner chance. I love my wife. <laughs> Fell in love with the herbs, just like my wife. My wife was gonna leave me in a month. Yeah, and then my last, uh, <laughs> a week. Oh, a week and a day, I think. It, it said it was the 7th of uh, November, oh, and this was yeah. released on Halloween, so. Oof. Um, and then this is probably the best but yet worst line on the album, um, from Caught Up. When we first met, you was my lifetime partner, my life crime partner, my wife, my honor. But now I'm feeling like George Bush and Osama. <laughs> I heard that. I was like, this is, I don't, I didn't think it was bad enough to write down. Really? But. I thought it was bad, obviously, but also kind of stupidly clever. Like. I think it would be a lot like, better right, right. if, if the album had been released like four years earlier. Yeah. That would have fucking snapped. 
Yeah, I, it was it was so bad it was good for me. Uh, it, it made me chuckle every time I heard it, so I had to include um, it. I don't know why there. This is off topic, but um, as of recording recently, uh, Fallout Boy covered "We Didn't Start the Fire," and uh, a lot of people don't like it, but I think it has the hardest line of music recently. Wait, is it them updating it? Yeah. Okay, I, you thought it was just a one for one cover. Well, no, I saw well. Right before you guys told me about that, I saw a video on TikTok that had that as the audio, and I didn't know it was Fallout Boy. I thought it was just, like, the user that uploaded it. Yeah. Because, you know, people would do shit people like that. People would do like that, yeah. I didn't know that was Fallout Boy. But, yeah, it's, um, it's like, they said in, like, Twin Tower Second Plane, and it goes so hard. Fuck yeah. Hell yeah, yeah, I need to actually l- listen to it. That sounds sick. Because, yeah, half of, we didn't start the fire, I wouldn't know half of the references if we didn't extensively study it in Mr. Mr. Adam Chase class. Adam music class. In uh, seventh grade, something like that. And now I know way too much about everything that happened in that song. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, and before we get to our rating, I have, other than the Janet's titty line, I have two lines that I actually thought were, I thought were pretty good. Um, Okay. From A League of My Own, we got, when the MC cocks the hammer, you can't touch me. I thought I that was actually I pretty didn't good. Catch that. That's pretty good. I didn't catch it on listen, but whenever I get lyrics for uh, like the best or the worst or whatever for the podcast, I go on Genius and just skim yeah. through it. When I have and time, I, that, I, like, I usually I usually do one listen where I read through it. But yeah, like I said, I I was like, oh shit, I have to get this done. Yeah, yeah, I did it literally last night when I was doing everything else, finishing up to prepare for this. But yeah, I was like, damn, that was actually that's yeah, pre- that's pretty, pretty good, line. good, pretty clever. And then uh, in the first verse of Dance with the Pimp, that had the really good flow. I actually like this part where he said, uh, dudes hate K-Fed, girls love K-Fed, it don't matter to me because K-Fed stay fed. So bad. I actually like that. So bad. It's like, damn, some pretty, I mean, not amazing wordplay, but I like the flow of it, the way it went. So, yeah, I mean, he had some he had some decent bars in him. Some stinkers, but, you know, not as bad as I would expect. So, with that being said, we'll get to the final rating. Um, what are our aggregate scores? From Metacritic, from, with uh, 397 ratings, user score is 2.2 out of 10. And then, as we said previously, the critic score was 15 out of 100. So it's a 1.5 out of 10. <laughs> very, very shitty. And then, uh, even worse than that, on Rate Your Music, from 711 ratings, we have a 0.86 out of 5. <laughs> um, well, that, that becomes a 1.72 out of 10, so that's technically better than the critic rating. Okay. Hmm. Alright. Not by much. Yeah. Um, but that was the first thing on anything I've seen that was less than a 1. I was like, God. <laughs> I think they're wrong. I think they are, too. I I would give this album a six point five. Yeah, I was. Until side B was a seven. I, yeah, I was trying to think last night, like around what I would give it. This one's pretty hard to rate for me, because uh, I don't want to overrate it. Because obviously there are really shitty aspects about it. But then on the other hand, it definitely surprised me, and I enjoyed, I guess I would say I enjoyed a majority of it. I enjoyed most of the album. I enjoyed the album listening experience. Yeah, so I guess I would have to say, fuck it, I'm going to say 6.52. I'm going to go with what you said. Yeah, like, it's not not great. There's nothing special about it. Yeah, like, if if it kept up, well, I mean, I'm not even going to say if it kept up, because I feel like no matter what it did after... 
over half of the album it just kind of gets samey but side a yeah i would give side a probably a seven and a half out of ten honestly and, yeah, then, and side... then side b gets like a, a five yeah so they, it comes together make 6.5 yeah so that being said i don't know if i would give this one last breath like personally i would but i don't think it does i don't know does it deserve it i think it deserves another shot i think People who don't know Kevin Federline very well, like us, are gonna enjoy this album. Uh, People yeah. who miss old hip hop from the like the, not old old but like two thousands hip hop mm-hmm. are gonna like this album. You're like, oh, this is. I remember when music sounded like this. Yeah. Um, if you grew up in this era, like if you're older than us by like five, ten years, mm-hmm. you might not like them. Like if you're in your thirties, I guess I'm almost in my thirties. Fuck. <laughs> you're in like your mid 30s you're probably gonna like this album but if you're like in your mid to late 20s mm-hmm. this is an album for you yeah yeah i guess i would agree with that um so i guess yeah i guess it does deserve the last breath the you know kind of depending on those variables but yeah, yeah i mean it's all dependent like all music it's all dependent on who you are and what you're into mm-hmm. um i our, feel like this one especially though our answers are not set in stone like we are not these uh, magical voices that tell you what to listen to. Yes, we are. <laughs> um, but if you like what, if you like anything we've talked about, check out a couple tracks on the album at least. Mm-hmm. Check out the, the tracks we like, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I very surprised with my enjoyment of this album as you are. I'm sure. Yeah, and... I was expecting to be miserable for three hours of listening to this album. Yeah, but with a score of six point five, I. I mean, again, we'll have to get a spreadsheet, listeners, but um, I feel like that probably is a better score than we've given, I'd say, probably half the albums that we've yeah, covered. Yeah, this is probably in the higher percentile of our albums. Yeah, at least in like the middle-ish, average-ish range yeah. that we've given albums, so. Uh, we will one day have a spreadsheet and have a ranking of all the albums. We'll, we'll keep a top three, at least. Yeah, And then gets upset. <laughs> yeah. Bottom three is definitely Lulu, father of all. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> those are definitely the two words. Oh, yeah, I, those are the two words. I don't know other than that. Maybe Sgt. Peppers. But either way. Everything um, else we've kind of enjoyed. Yeah, honestly. A little bit at least. Yeah, so I don't know what that says about us that we enjoy K-Fed, but... Probably terrible, terrible things. But k If you want to donate to our mental health, <laughs> um, just hit me up. I can use it. Better help. Please sponsor us. <laughs> yeah, if, you can, if you know or work for better help, we need the sponsorship. We need it. Because I'm assuming it comes with some free shit. It comes with K-Fed post-trauma uh, counseling. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see you next week with um, maybe something better, maybe something worse. I have no idea with the way this album went. I'd say there's a 50-50 shot that it'll be one of those things. <laughs> All righty. See you next week. See ya.